Chapter 45 of The Headless Horseman This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading done by Jules Harlock of Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. The Headless Horseman A Strange Tale of Texas by Maine Reed Chapter 45 A Trail Gone Blind Was it a phantom? Surely it could not be human. So questioned El Coyote and his terrified companions. So, too, had the scared Galwegian interrogated himself until his mind, clouded by repeated appeals to the demijohn, became temporarily relieved of the terror. In a similar strain had run the thoughts of more than a hundred others to whom the headless horseman had shown himself, the party of searchers who accompanied the major. It was at an earlier hour and a point in the prairie five miles farther east that to these the weird figure had made itself manifest. Looking westward, with the sun glare in their eyes, they had seen only its shape and nothing more, at least nothing to connect it with Maurice the Mustanger. Viewing it from the west, with the sun at his back, the Galwegian had seen enough to make out a resemblance to his master, if not an absolute identification. Under the light of the moon, the four Mexicans who knew Maurice Gerald by sight had arrived at a similar conclusion. If the impression made upon the servant was one of the wildest awe, equally had it stricken the conspirators. The searchers, though less frightened by the strange phenomenon, were none the less puzzled to explain it. Up to the instant of his disappearance, no explanation had been attempted, save that jocularly conveyed in the bizarre speech of the borderer. "'What do you make of it, gentlemen?' said the major, addressing those that had clustered around him. "'I confess it mystifies me.' "'An Indian trick,' suggested one, "'some decoy to draw us into an ambuscade.' "'A most unlikely lure, then,' remarked another. "'Certainly the last that would attract me.' "'I don't think it's Indian,' said the major. "'I don't know what to think. "'What's your opinion of it, Sprangler?' "'The tracker shook his head as if equally uncertain. "'Do you think it's an Indian in disguise?' "'urged the officer, pressing him for an answer. "'I know no more than yourself, Major,' replied he. It should be something of that kind, for what else can it be? It must either be a man or a dummy. That's it, a dummy, cried several, evidently relieved by his hypotheses. Whomsoever it is, man, dummy or devil, said the frontiersman, who had already pronounced upon it, there's no reason why we should be frightened from following its trail. "'Has it left any, I wonder?' "'If it has,' replied Sprangler, "'we'll soon see. "'Ours goes the same way. "'So far as can be judged from here, "'shall we move forward, Major?' "'By all means. "'We must not be turned from our purpose "'by a trifle like that. "'Forward!' 
the horsemen again advanced some of them not without a show of reluctance there were among them men who if left to themselves would have taken the back track of this number was calhoun who from the first moment of sighting the strange apparition had shown signs of affright even beyond the rest of his companions his eyes had suddenly assumed an unnatural glassiness his lips were white as ashes while his drooping jaw laid bare two rows of teeth which he appeared with difficulty to restrain from chattering but for the universal confusion his wild manner might have been observed so long as the singular form was in sight there were eyes only for it and when it had at length disappeared and the party advanced along the trail the ex-captain hung back riding unobserved among the rearmost the tracker had guessed aright the spot upon which the ghostly shape had for the moment stood still lay direct upon the trail they were already taking up but as if to prove the apparition a spirit on reaching the place there were no tracks to be seen the explanation however was altogether natural where the horse had wheeled round and for miles beyond the plain was thickly strewn with white shingle it was in trapper parlance a chalk prairie the stones showed displacement and here and there an abrasion that appeared to have been made by the hoof of a horse but these marks were scarce discernible and only to the eyes of the skilled tracker it was the case with the trail they had been taking up that of the shod mustang and as the surface had lately been disturbed by a wild herd the particular hoof marks could no longer be distinguished they might have gone further in the direction taken by the headless rider the sun would have been their guide and after that the evening star but it was the rider of the shod mustang they were desirous to overtake and the half-hour of daylight that followed was spent in fruitless search for his trail gone blind among the shingle sprangler proclaimed himself at fault as the sun disappeared over the horizon they had no alternative but to ride back to the chaparral and bivouac among the bushes the intention was to make a fresh trial for the recovery of the trail at the earliest hour of the morning it was not fulfilled at least as regarded time the trial was postponed by an unexpected circumstance scarce had they formed camp when a courier arrived bringing a dispatch for the major it was from the commanding officer of the district whose headquarters were at San Antonio do Bextar. It had been sent to Fort Ing and thence forwarded. The major made known its tenor by ordering boots and saddles to be sounded, and before the sweat had become dry upon the horses, the dragoons were once more upon their backs. The dispatch had conveyed the intelligence that the Comanches were committing outrage not upon the Leona, but fifty miles farther to the eastward, close to the town of San Antonio itself. It was no longer a mere rumor. The maraud had commenced by the murder of men, women, and children with the firing of their houses. 
the major was commanded to lose no time but to bring what troops he could spare to the scene of operations hence his hurried decampment the civilians might have stayed but friendship even parental affection must yield to the necessities of nature most of them had set forth without further preparation than the saddling of their horses and shouldering their guns and hunger now called them home there was no intention to abandon the search that was to be resumed as soon as they could change horses and establish a better system of commissariat then would it be continued as one and all declared to the bitter end a small party was left with spangler to take up the trail of the american horse which according to the tracker's forecast would lead back to the leona the rest returned along with the dragoons before parting with point dexter and his friends the major made known to them what he had hitherto kept back the facts relating to the bloody sign and the tracker's interpretation of it as he was no longer to take part in the search he thought it better to communicate to those who should a circumstance so important it pained him to direct suspicion upon the young irishman with whom in the way of his calling he had held some pleasant intercourse but duty was paramount and notwithstanding his disbelief in the mustanger's guilt or rather his belief in its improbability he could not help acknowledging that appearances were against him with the planter and his party it was no longer a suspicion now that the question of indians was disposed of men boldly proclaimed maurice gerald a murderer that the deed had been done no one thought of doubting oberdoffer's story had furnished the first chapter of the evidence henry's horse returning with the blood-stained saddle the last the intermediate links were readily supplied partly by the interpretations of the tracker and partly by conjecture no one paused to investigate the motive at least with any degree of closeness the hostility of gerald was accounted for by his quarrel with calhoun on the supposition that it might have extended to the whole family of the poindexters it was very absurd reasoning but men upon the track of a supposed murderer rarely reasoned at all they think only of destroying him with this thought did they separate intending to start afresh on the following morning throw themselves once more upon the trail of the two men who were missing and follow it up till one or both should be found one or both living or dead the party left with spangler remained upon the spot which the major had chosen as a camping ground they were in all less than a dozen a larger number was deemed unnecessary comanches in that quarter were no longer to be looked for nor was there any other danger that called for a strength of men two or three would have been sufficient for the duty required of them nine or ten stayed some out of curiosity others for the sake of companionship they were chiefly young men sons of planters and the like 
calhoun was among them the acknowledged chief of the party though spangler acting as guide was tacitly understood to be the man to whom obedience should be given instead of going to sleep after the others had ridden away they gathered around a roaring fire already kindled within the thicket glade among them was no stint for supper either of eatables or drinkables the many who had gone back knowing that they would not need them had surrendered their haversacks and their heel-taps of their canteens to the few who remained there was liquor enough to last through the night even if spent in continuous carousing despite their knowledge of this despite the cheerful crackling of the logs as they took their seats around the fire they were not in high spirits one and all appeared to be under some influence that like a spell prevented them from enjoying a pleasure perhaps not surpassed upon earth you may talk of the tranquil joys of the domestic hearth at times upon the prairie i have myself thought of and longed to return to them but now looking back upon both and calmly comparing them one with the other i cannot help exclaiming give me the circle of the campfire with a half a dozen of my hunter comrades around it once again give me that and be welcome to the wealth i have accumulated and the trivial honors i have gained thrice welcome to the care and the toil that must still be exerted in retaining them the sombre abstraction of their spirits was easily explained the weird shape was fresh in their thoughts they were yet under the influence of an indefinable awe account for the apparition as the best they could and laugh at it as they at intervals affected to do they could not clear their minds of this unaccountable incubus nor feel satisfied with any explanation that had been offered the guide spangler partook of the general sentiment as did their leader calhoun the latter appeared more affected by it than any of the party seated with moody brow under the shadow of the trees at some distance from the fire he had not spoken a word since the departure of the dragoons nor did he seem disposed to join the circle of those who were basking in the blaze but kept himself apart as if not caring to come under the scrutiny of his companions there was still the same wild look in his eyes the same scared expression upon his features that had shown itself before sunset i say cash calhoun cried one of the young fellows by the fire who was beginning to talk tall under the influence of the oft-repeated potations come up old fellow and join us in a drink we all respect your sorrow and will do what we can to get satisfaction for you and yours but a man mustn't always mope as you're doing come along here and take a smile of the monongahela it'll do you a power of good i promise you whether it was that he was pleased at the interpretation put upon his silent attitude which the speech told him had been observed or whether he had become suddenly inclined towards a feeling of good fellowship 
calhoun accepted the invitation and stepping up to the fire fell into line with the rest of the roisterers before seating himself he took a pull at the proffered flask from that moment his air changed as if by enchantment instead of showing sombre he became eminently hilarious so much so as to cause surprise to more than one of the party the behavior seemed odd for a man whose cousin was supposed to have been murdered that very morning though commencing in the character of an invited guest he soon exhibited himself as the host of the occasion after the others had emptied their respective flasks he proved himself possessed of a supply that seemed inexhaustible canteen after canteen came forth from his capacious saddlebags the legacy left by many departed friends who had gone back with the major partaking of these at the invitation of their leader encouraged by his example the young planter bloods who encircled the campfire talked sang danced roared and even rolled around it until the alcohol could no longer keep them awake then yielding to exhausted nature they sank back upon the sward some perhaps to experience the dread slumber of a first intoxication the ex-officer of the volunteers was the last of the number who laid himself along the grass if the last to lie down he was the first to get up scarce had the carousal ceased scarce had the sonorous breathing of his companions proclaimed them asleep when he rose into an erect attitude and with cautious steps stole out from among them with like stealthy tread he kept on to the confines of the camp to the spot where his horse stood hitched to a tree releasing the rein from its knot and throwing it over the neck of the animal he clambered into the saddle and rode noiselessly away in all these actions there was no evidence that he was intoxicated on the contrary they proclaimed a clear brain bent upon some purpose previously determined what could it be urged by affection was he going forth to trace the mystery of the murder by finding the body of the murdered man did he wish to show his zeal by going alone some such design might have been interpreted from a series of speeches that fell carelessly from his lips as he rode through the chaparral thank god there's a clear moon and six good hours before those youngsters will think of getting to their feet i'll have time to search every corner of the thicket for a couple of miles around the place and if the body be there i cannot fail to find it but what could that thing have meant if i'd been the only one to see it i may have believed myself mad but they all saw it every one of them almighty heavens what could it have been the closing speech ended in an exclamation of terrified surprise elicited by a spectacle that at the moment presented itself to the eyes of the ex-officer causing him to rein up his horse as if some dread danger was before him coming in by the side path he had arrived on the edge of the opening already described 
he was just turning into it when he saw that he was not the only horseman who at that late hour was traversing the chaparral another to all appearances as well mounted as himself was approaching along the avenue not slowly as he but in a quick trot long before the strange rider had come near the moonlight shining fall upon him enabled calhoun to see that he was headless there could be no mistake about the observation though quickly made it was complete the white moonbeams silvering his shoulders were reflected from no face above or between them it could be no illusion of the moon's light calhoun had seen that same shape under the glare of the sun he now saw more the missing head ghastly and gory half shrouded behind the hairy holsters more still he recognized the horse the striped serape upon the shoulders of the rider the water guards upon his legs the complete caparison all the belongings of maurice the mustanger he had ample time to take in these details at a stand in the embouchure of the side path terror held him transfixed to the spot his horse appeared to share the feeling trembling in its tracks the animal made no effort to escape even when the headless rider pulled up in front and with a snorting rearing steed remained for a moment confronting the frightened party it was only after the blood bay had given utterance to the wild wayer responded to by the howl of a hound close following at his heels and turned into the avenue to continue his interrupted trot only then that calhoun became sufficiently released from the spell of horror to find speech god of heaven he cried in a quivering voice what can it mean is it man or demon that mocks me has the whole day been a dream or am i mad 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 the scarce coherent speech was succeeded by action instantaneous but determined whatever the purpose of his exploration it was evidently abandoned for turning his horse with a wrench upon the rein he rode back by the way he had come only at a far faster pace pausing not till he had re-entered the encampment then stealing up to the edge of the fire he laid down among the slumbering inebriates not to sleep but to stay trembling in their midst till daylight disclosed a haggard pallor upon his cheeks and ghastly glances set forth from his sunken eyes end of chapter forty five